Chapter 6 of Hero Tales from History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philip Watson. Hero Tales from History by Smith Burnham. Four Familiar Sayings of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar was born at Rome more than 2,000 years ago, about 100 years before Christ. His family belonged to a noble clan of the patricians. The people of Rome were divided into three classes. Of these, the patricians were highest in rank and fewest in number. There were many more in the middle class, which at that time was largely made up of free men who could vote and hold office. The lowest class, and by far the largest number, were the slaves. More than half of the Roman slaves were white, many having blonde hair and blue eyes. These had been brought as captives from the northern countries and sold in Rome. Some of the slaves, especially those who came from the Greek lands in the east, were more refined than the ignorant, brutal Roman masters for whom they had to do the hardest and dirtiest kinds of work. Worse than this, the Roman law allowed cruel masters to whip, torture, and even kill these educated men and women. By right of the might of her wonderful armies, Rome made herself mistress of the world. So the patricians and the freemen looked with contempt upon other nations, and said to themselves, To be a Roman is greater than to be a king. The patricians were the proudest Romans, and the Caesars were among the haughtiest patricians. Their family belonged to the rich, ruling class when little Julius was born. Of course, there was no such thing as the Christian religion in Julius Caesar's day, the only believers in the one true God were the Jews, who lived in the little, far-off country now called the Holy Land. The best-educated Romans believed in Jupiter, Juno, Apollo, Venus, and many other deities who, they imagined, were ruling over them and who were as selfish and cruel as the Romans themselves. There were no public schools for children in Rome. Instead of millions of printed books, there were a few rolls of parchment on which Latin words were printed very slowly by hand. Instead of using paper to write on, the Romans scratched their letters and messages on tablets of wax with large needles. As there were no newspapers then, the people learned what was going on in the world by word of mouth from speakers in the forum, an open city square with a stone platform around which crowded thousands of listeners. The highest ambition of the youthful Julius Caesar was to speak well to the people in the forum and to win their friendship. He grew to be a tall, handsome, brilliant young man. He was not rich, and while his friends led lives of ease and pleasure, this young Caesar studied hard. He learned to read and speak Greek, because then the greatest poems, orations, and plays were in that language. He traveled thousands of miles to Greece and Asia Minor to learn to be a good speaker and writer, and though he was a patrician, his real sympathy lay with the poor and the middle class, whose side he took almost from boyhood. The Romans governed themselves, in some ways, as the people of the United States do today. That is, their consuls, or governors, were elected by the patricians and the free men. Sometimes the patricians were in power, at other times the people of the middle class succeeded in electing their leaders, but in those cruel times the winning party sometimes killed the chiefs on the other side and treated them all as if they were enemies at war. The uncle of Julius Caesar had been one of the chiefs overthrown in such a civil war, and the young man inherited his uncle's love for the cause of the common people. 
the first deed of caesar that brought him into public notice took place while he was travelling in the east a crew of pirates or sea robbers captured him and held him prisoner until a large sum of money or a ransom should be paid julius caesar succeeded in raising the amount and paid it to them to set him free but before he left the pirates he told them that if he ever caught them he would have his revenge then he went and collected men and ships caught his former captors won back his ransom money and ordered the ringleaders crucified crucifixion was the roman penalty for pirates and other thieves from the time julius caesar was thirty years old he was constantly in one office or another in the roman republic one early position was that of director of shows and sports the romans had theatres with seats of stone rising one behind another from the central space like the seats in a circus or college stadium here thousands of people could see and hear actors poets orators and debaters one of these theatres was so large that eighty thousand people could witness the games at one time instead of football and baseball the romans had running races and wrestling matches by athletes and fighters who came from all parts of the world most of them were slaves among them were men called gladiators who fought each other with swords until one or the other was killed the cruel romans liked this part of the sport best julius caesar provided such splendid shows and games that he made himself very popular with the people he was elected to one office after another and finally after being sent as a kind of governor to spain was chosen one of the two consuls the office of consul was the highest in rome and was somewhat similar to our president when his term expired caesar was made governor over the gauls a half-savage people who lived in the country that is now northern italy switzerland and france during the nine years while caesar was in gaul he had to fight many battles and conquer many dangerous tribes besides that he crossed to the island of britain now called england but caesar was kind to his enemies and prisoners his journal which tells of his wars in gaul is read to-day as one of the simplest and best books ever written his wonderful victories and great kindnesses made caesar the idol of the people but he had enemies at home and a rival another great general named pompey the senate were on the side of pompey and at last they decreed that if caesar did not give up his command and dismiss his army by a certain day he would be called an enemy of the country pompey and the senate were against the poorer classes and caesar knew that if he yielded to this command the common people whose friend he was would lose their freedom so instead of disbanding his army he marched it to the borders of italy he stopped on the bank of a little river called the rubicon anyone who crossed that river with an army was considered an enemy of rome when caesar decided to cross the river and advance with his army against the city he exclaimed the die is cast his words meant that he could no more go back than a die once thrown out of the dice box can be taken back nowadays when a man decides to do something which may bring great loss to him if he does not win and from which he cannot draw back once he has begun he is said to have crossed the rubicon caesar's fortunes however did not desert him and he succeeded in driving pompey away and finally conquering him within three years after many victorious battles in greece and egypt and asia minor he returned to rome in triumph by this time the senate were willing to do anything for him that he wanted and the adoring people chose him dictator for ten years 
that meant that although he was not called king he had almost the same power as a king two of caesar's sayings are often quoted once when he was pursuing pompey he started on a voyage when a storm seemed to be coming up the sailors were afraid to cross the sea but he said to them you carry caesar and his fortunes they set sail at once and reached the other side in safety at another time he caught an escaping army in asia he announced this victory in three words vene vide vici the meaning of which was i came i saw i conquered by his policy of kindness to the people as dictator caesar so won their love that they came even to worship him as one of their gods the month in the year in which he was born was at this time named in his honor for our word july is a shortened form of julius he governed rome well and made many useful changes one thing that he did was to arrange the calendar which before this time was very clumsy it was he who divided the year into months of so many days each very much as it is divided now the climax of caesar's popularity was reached when he was offered a crown to show that the people of rome wished him to be their king he refused this honor three times in public but not all the men of rome shared in this admiration of caesar for one party some of whom had been his friends felt that his growing power was not good for rome they wanted their country to be a republic and not to be ruled by a king so they began to plot against caesar on the fifteenth of march forty four b c just as caesar was about to take his seat in the presence of the roman senate a group of men gathered round and began plunging their daggers into his body among them was marcus brutus for whom caesar had done many kindnesses when caesar saw brutus with his dagger raised to stab him to the heart he exclaimed with a sad smile and thou too brutus then covering his face with his mantle he fell down and died of the twenty-three knife wounds that were found in caesar's body shakespeare wrote that the stab of brutus was the most unkindest cut of all although caesar was murdered to keep him from bearing the name of king the mightiest monarchs of modern times took the name of caesar as the highest title a king could have as the kaiser of germany and the czar of russia when these two recent caesars were put down there remained no ruler in europe who believed in governing by the cruel roman law that might makes right End of chapter six